This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. everybody to the hockey think tank podcast brought to you by the hockey think tank.com website for all players parents and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet what an episode we have for you guys here today today is just going to be jeffrey jehu almost a married man lavecchio and myself, and we are going to be talking all about player leadership. How important is player leadership when it comes to a team? What does it look like? What do great player leaders do? What are some things that we have seen from some of the best leaders that we've played with in the past? We're going to get to all of it. But before we do, let's bring on the talent of the podcast. He's got his GMBM shirt on. Jeffrey Levecchio. Vex, what's going on today, brother? What I'm up, buzzing. Man? I'm buzzing, <laughs> dude. I'm actually not buzzing today. Today is oh. Wednesday. Wednesday is my lightest day. Uh, just had I had what I have just two sessions, two or three sessions today, so not bad. And uh, I got to take two separate naps, so that was awesome. I took a twenty wow. minute, 20, 18 to twenty minute nap, I believe it was, and then I just got in one for like an hour and forty before this, which is just unbelievable. Needed it, and uh, so now I'm buzzing. Now he's buzzing. You could tell it's like the start of the summer. Your voice is going. It's going, man. I yelled. I got too excited last week during during one of the days where I knew I should have used a whistle, but like I just get so damn into it when they start battling and I start screaming. And <laughs> then I get home and I'm like, oh, this, that, my old voice box is not going to work for a couple of days. It's like, um, what's his name? Roy Kent from Ted Lasso, where he doesn't use the whistle. He's like, whistle, whistle, whistle. Yeah. <laughs> I literally brought the whistle outside before we started doing this drill. And I said to myself, okay, don't be a dummy. Use the whistle. And I just put it in the pocket and I went, yeah, yeah. It's my own fault. So now I just got to battle, battle through it for a week here, maybe. I like it. I don't understand how like these rockers go on tour and do it like every other Dude, day with their It's voice. actually ever since uh since i started doing this like for real for real now probably probably the year before i i finished too i lost my voice bad and uh there was a time there that i was actually really worried i damaged my my vocal cords like permanently because when i met kylie it's actually really funny when i met kylie it was after it was right at the end of the summer and uh it was a bad one for my my voice box and i literally was whispering to her for like the first two months she did like if you ask her she did not know what my actual voice sounded like because it was either like this or worse when i could talk or i was always just like hey how you doing like on the phone we were, i was whispering <laughs> to her man whispering sweet nothings yeah that's how you got her it, what an idiot why does she love me i had to whisper to her for the first two months of our relationship yeah, and now she's like, "Damn, I wish he whispered more, <laughs> too damn loud." Now when I get going, yep, she's like, "Okay, get back to the whisper." So Vex getting married, and what is it like? Three weeks now, dude. I don't. It's four weeks, June, three weeks, June seventh. So like, pretty four much, weeks. Yeah, like right under four weeks. July first is the wedding. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I got <laughs> I got my got my wedding shoes in today. I got some cool shoes for the wedding. I think so. Those came in today. That was was there awesome. was there a slight um was there a slight freak out when you realized that we didn't have shoes as groomsmen? No, zero freak out whatsoever. There you go. My 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 uh my panic point in hockey, let's say 10 is the is is no panic at all. And one is you get the puck and you're like, ah, basically the way I played my first year <laughs> in USHL. Uh, my panic point on everything out in life now is like, I'm like at a 10, I'm basically Datsuk now. Wow. Like, I'm, I'm just like, what, you know, but when I was younger, when I played, I was, I walked around life pretty much at a one. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd be able to figure out a way. It wouldn't be a problem. So, 
We're all good. We got the I shoes. Like I, call, I made the call today. They got the shoes. We're golden. So for those of you that don't know, so obviously Vex is getting married and I'm going to be standing up in the wedding and he sent a text to all of us. What was that like yesterday or two days ago being like, Hey, yeah. I need your guys' shoe sizes. And I'm like, damn it. I have to say my shoe size in public. <laughs> still in the kid sizes. Still in the kid sizes. So I love it. I'm a cheap I almost date. Put, I almost cheap put date. that on. I almost put it on Twitter, but I did. <laughs> it was funny. He did. He did say, "God, I gotta. I gotta put this in the group chat." Really? He <laughs> <laughs> couldn't have messaged us. Uh, just yeah. you know, individually, freaking. Yeah. Yeah. But that was good, man. Well, good. I am excited for this episode here today, talking about player leadership, something I believe a lot in. Um, and something we talk about quite a bit, but I thought it'd be really good to, you know, do a whole episode on it. And it's just really interesting. I just reflecting back on the year. And I think I've said this a couple podcasts ago or something, but, you know, working at Michigan this year was really special. And like a lot of times, like what people will say is like, man, like how cool is it to work with that talent? You know, the first round draft picks and, and everybody coming through here from like a hockey playing standpoint, but what I always say to everybody is like how lucky I was to be able to work with the character of the players that were here. And although we had unbelievable talent, like our leadership was the reason why we won. We had leaders in our senior class, in our junior class, in our sophomore class, in our freshman class that were just incredible. And the culture was, you talk about 10 to a one, like our culture was at full capacity. And that's not to say it was easy because it wasn't, there were certainly a lot of hard times, but at the end of the day, we always came out of those hard times stronger. And at the end of the day, we had unbelievable buy-in and we had unbelievable, just like love for each other within the room. And uh, so much of that had to do with the tone that not just our captain set, but even the players that didn't wear letters. And, you know, we talked about that even before coming on how important that is. And like Lee having leaders that don't wear letters. So like, I don't know, just a really special thing, reflecting a lot on it. And I think it'd be really cool to kind of get into it today. And I know you believe a lot in that too, Vex. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it all the time, you know, energy vampires in the room and putting out good and, and, and from like a energy and vibes and all that to the team and stuff. And we've both been on really good teams where maybe the locker room wasn't as good. And those teams never win as much as teams that maybe aren't as good but have an unbelievable locker room unbelievable leadership not only the guys with letters not only the guys without letters from the equipment staff to the to trainers strength coaches obviously the coaches uh uh just better leadership equals better everything survivor 46 is here and so is on fire the only official survivor podcast and we have a twist this season the winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. That's, a, that's the tagline now. Boom. <laughs> that's the name of the pod this episode better leadership, better leadership equals-, equals better everything yes <laughs> there you go um okay so jumping right into it i think um what i wanted to do is i wrote down a couple like qualities let's call it or characteristics of some of like the best leaders that i've been around and, and just like you know things that um i guess player leaders do that can help with the culture and help with the team success um, I, I think the first one that I want to like just kind of dive into is something that we talk about so much. We talked about it a lot last week in our episode with Ryan Ward and Jason Deskins from Youngstown, and it's authenticity. I think as a leader, you have at first and foremost, you have to be yourself. There's no one right way of being a leader. And we're going to talk about a lot of different things that like leaders do or a lot of different characteristics that they have tonight. But at the end of the day, the thing that is most important is that you be yourself and be the best version of yourself. I think there's a lot of people that when they get named captain and I'm raising my hand and putting my hand up to say that I've made this mistake in the past, like you, because you get named captain, like you, you think you have to be somebody different 
to be the leader of the group when at the end of the day, you were named captain because of who you are and the things that you do. So I, I think it's a big lesson that a lot of people learn in their leadership journey, not just in hockey, but just in general, in, in life. And so I just think bringing the best version of yourself is a quality characteristic that I've seen in every good leader that I've been around. And how easy was it when you played with guys who, I don't know, did you play with guys who were like, quote unquote, like phony leaders and, or did you play with guys who tried to do what you said? Kind of, there were times that that happened to you. And when I was younger, it it would be, you know, me too, where I was, you know, doing things just because I had a letter or I thought that's what captains do. You know, when I was younger, how quick did you find the, what those guys were putting out, like, wasn't I, yeah, real. I know exactly what you mean. I know. And exactly then like, how did that make you feel? Like, how did that, how do you resonate with that? So I, I think this is a message more for like the younger kids who are listening, but like when you are doing things to try to be named captain rather than doing things to be a good leader for your team, people can smell that out a mile away, especially your teammates. So for example, like let's say you're doing a run as a team, or you're doing some conditioning and you're like over the top with like, let's go guys. And like this, and it's just kind of like contrived almost. And it's just kind of like fake. There's, there's a difference between that and somebody who like does it and like encourages people in, in a more authentic way or somebody that like, you know, you're going through a rough time, you know, during a year And you get up in the middle of the locker room and you try to make some big speech just because like you want to be the captain rather than like doing it and saying the things that like the team needs to hear. You're just trying to like look good. Right. I think there's a very big difference between those two. And I'm sure everybody listening, at least that's older, can (laughs) like knows what I'm talking about and have been around those types of people. Um, But for the younger kids, like again, just like be yourself. Don't like try to be a captain be yourself and let that job do the talking to earn yourself the respect to be able to be named captain. I love that. I love that. And, and did you ever do that? I know, I know you said you had, did you ever do that? And when you did it, like looking back, what was it that you were doing specifically? Can you give specifics for the listeners? Like that you remember things looking back where you're like, yeah, Mm, maybe that wasn't, maybe I was trying too hard or, or, and there's nothing wrong with trying when you're being a leader. For um, sure. Like I remember my senior year at Cornell is, is like the biggest lesson for me when it comes to this, because like, um, we had some like kind of like discipline problems. And so like, I tried to be a hard ass. Are you like, talking about on the ice, off the ice? A little bit of both, like okay. a little Just bit of discipline both. in general. And, and so like, I thought I kind of needed to be a hard ass to try and like get people in line, if that makes any sense. Um, And so that was like completely the wrong thing by me, like completely the wrong thing, because that's not me. Like I'm not a hard ass at all. Like I'm positive and all that kind of stuff. So like, I I think that like looking back, I don't want to say I, I definitely didn't do things to like be named cat or anything like that. I already was, but I think I tried to do things that weren't me. Weren't like of your character. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like, uh, like getting up in the room after a bad first period and like screaming at the guys. mm, Gotcha. Like that kind of stuff. Like that. No, you like, that's That's not not you. It's not my job. (laughs) Right. Right. And it's not, it's not really like you either. Like you probably would have come from like a different angle. Yeah. More often than not. doesn't mean never, but for sure. I don't, I don't think at least I hope I never was like the person who like, you know, made it seem like I'm just doing this because I want to be named captain. I I don't know. No way. That would have been something that I tried to do. But at the end of the day, like, you know, with your actions and and stuff like you just have to be yourself you just have to be yourself and rather than like getting pissed off when guys were like undisciplined or whatever if somebody took a bad penalty or like you know somebody did something away from the rink that wasn't like up to the standards like it's not like coming down on them for me it was like hey putting an arm around them and being like hey man you all right like what's up like let's let's fix this because that's who you are and exactly. that was kind of more of the leader you were for sure yeah so that would have been more authentic which you're saying probably and most likely would have been received better by the players on your team. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Right, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, totally. I, I hope you guys understand like that kind of that kind of distinction. It doesn't mean you're never going to do certain things that other leaders do. That's not what it means. It means just authentically leading in in who you are and the way you do things, not doing things outside of what you always do, who you always are. Uh, um, to get the letter on your chest or once you get the letter on your chest, you know, you probably got the letter for a reason. I remember, you know, to try and give you guys more, more examples, more things to like, see it also from like a player side. You know, I remember, um, when I got to college, I was already pretty, pretty firm in, in who I was in my goals for myself, my goals for the team. Uh, even though they didn't know them <laughs> um, and, and just how I did things. And uh, when I got there, like, you know, bag skating, the beginning of the season and stuff, like there's some guys who, and the older guys, especially at a school like Western where we weren't very good and the culture was not good there. When I got there, guys would purposely like sandbag and older guys would not go a hundred. And I'm like, no, man, like I, I want to win. I want to beat the Michigans. I want to beat the Michigan States, the Ohio States in our conference. And I want to sign in the NHL and play pro like none of that's going to happen if everybody's doing this. So I literally remember like, you know, September or August, September skates leading up to the beginning of the season, we'd be bag skating. And I was beating everyone on the team by like a zone to a zone and a half every single day. And I remember hearing older guys start to kind of like chirp and be like, oh, this guy's a try hard and all, all this stuff. Right. And and I wasn't doing that to try and be captain. I was doing that to be my best and also push everyone else to be their best because I also knew that that would push me and it'd be like back and forth, ping pong, push, 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 push. Right. That's how I like to get better uh, and make those people around me better. And I remember hearing guys be like, this guy, what's he doing? Like, why is he, why is he trying so hard? Why is he, you know, in the runs, he's always winning the skate. Like what? But I knew in my heart that like, that is me. And they would original. And also like boys would be drinking. I wasn't a big drinker at all. I, I don't give in to peer pressure. So like there was that part of it too. And guys, you know, like first couple of weeks I could see guys being like, you know, what, what is this guy doing? You know, but I was authentically being me. And I kept telling them like, no, like guys, this, this is me. Like, this is what I do. I'm not, you know, up coaches, but like, this is who I am. And this is what I'm going to bring to this team. And, you know, surely enough, week after week, more and more guys like started to believe in me and see that like, that is who I am as an authentic person leader. I was the same in every aspect of my life. And then they started to buy into me. Right. And, and believe in me uh, uh, and follow me as a leader, even the older players. But like, if I would have given in to like that peer pressure also and, and done things a different way, they wouldn't have bought into me as, as a leader. They wouldn't have believed me when I was, you know, doing the things that I usually do. Right. So for any the kids out there, because like I get this a lot uh, uh, from parents a lot. Oh, my son like loves to work hard and all this. And his teammates are making fun of them, you know, especially in the teenage years, early teenage years. How do you go about that? Or I talk to players all the time that are 13, 14, 15 who go through that too. Um, and for me, it's like, just keep being yourself, keep giving a hundred, keep letting those players know, like, that's who you are. Like, you're not doing it just to do it. And, and that for me is through actions, like Tove said, not words. There you go. I, it's so funny. I'm talking about my misgivings and you're talking about how sweet you are. No, man. But, <laughs> I'm, but, so, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, but like I, I, dude, it was, I had people, you know, chirping me like that. I had to battle oh, through. There's nothing, there's nothing that I hate more than like guys calling other people, Johnny tryhards. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. my God. That's right. The worst. Like, and, and I, I told you guys in the podcast over and over, I wasn't good enough to not be a quote unquote try hard, but I mean, I think everybody should be a try hard. Right. And, uh, and so that's just what I had to do. So like, I, you know, I got chirped for sure when I first got to college and, and I just wanted to tell the kids who are out there who are, are striving to be their best. Like there's going to be guys out there who chirp you and the way you win them over is you just keep doing who do what you do be who you are, you know, lead with your actions and, and people will start to like, be like, Oh man, like he, he really does do that every single day. Like he's not, he's not just trying to like be a leader or he's not trying to be whatever that is who he is. And for me, like Tope said, uh, um, 
because Tope was a phenomenal leader. He's talking about one instance, right? He's not talking about his whole career. He's an absolutely phenomenal leader. And there's a reason that people followed him too. And I'm sure Tope got called to try hard as well, all the way, all the way up. Um, but because he is who he is and he stayed true to himself, you know, most of the time as a leader, he had, you know, the one thing that Cornelli talked about, right? Like, like that's why people bought into him. Well, that's I, why his teams won. It's just like even going back to like my kind of story, like it's, it's interesting. So my time at Cornell, like our first two years, we were awesome. You know, we won a lot. We made the NCAA tournament, go away from the frozen four, both years, like great culture, unreal. The next year was a struggle. Like we struggled. We were right around 500. We didn't make the tournament. We lost in the first round of ECAC playoffs. Um, and then my senior year was one of those things where us as like a group, especially us as seniors, we're like, never again. Like, we don't want to, we don't want to be average. Like we want to go back to the old ways, <laughs> you know? Um, and it was, it was interesting because I think I put a lot on my plate in terms of like thinking about everybody else and making sure everybody else was doing what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. And I stressed myself out so much because of that. And again, it probably went back to why I was doing what I was doing and kind of like being hard on guys. And then like halfway through the year, I remember at Christmas time, like talking with some people and being like, man, I just got to like be myself. Like I just got to do it. And I literally stopped like caring about other people and not in the sense of like, I obviously cared about my teammates, but I like was like, I just got to lead by example here. I just got to go out and do my thing and be as good of a player as I can. And just hopefully they'll, (laughs) hopefully they'll follow in that way. And like, I played better. The team played better. Um, I was a lot happier. (laughs) I wasn't as stressed and making sure that everybody else was where they needed to be and stuff, you know? So like, it just kind of goes back to it. Like the best leaders walk the walk. That's what they do. They walk the walk. They're consistent in what they do. They're consistent every day. And with that, it's again, it goes back to the lesson that you talk about a lot. Everything is not everything, but like a lot of things are caught, not taught. Whether you're a parent, whether you're a coach, whether you're a leader, people will learn from you more by what you do than what you say. And so it's a great lesson. And and it was a great lesson for me that year, just moving forward that like you really just do, you have to be yourself and you have to lead upfront. Right. Right. And that there's no better example for me. And I've, I've told on the podcast once or twice, probably in the last couple of years, um, but I remember my freshman class was really big. Like we had, I think we had 11 guys in my freshman class, maybe 10. And uh, I know that some of those guys were guys that were chirping me in the first month of the season where it was all like, dude, all we did was like bag skate and then four V1s, four players, one coach. And on those, it was just like one-on-one battle drills. And like some of those guys, I think maybe like didn't skate in the summer or something. And I came in like it was like every day was like this William is the Wallace tryout. From Braveheart. Yes, literally, literally, dude, literally, it was like this is a trial where if I don't do well in this skate, I die. Like that was my mindset going in. And so these, you know, these guys all have for sure were chirping me about being a tryhard or whatever. But like within like a month or two, uh, we had a meeting at the dorms. We all lived in the same floor on the same corridor. We had a meeting in the dorms and like all the boys were in and they were like, Hey, we're not, we're not going to be like the seniors and the juniors. Like we're going to change everything around at this school, like all 10 of us sitting in the room. And so like, it went from like, like me and Claxon who were both absolute tryhards, you know, uh, both guys who had to, because we didn't have enough skill not to, um, we kind of turned that class around and then all 10, all 10 or 11 of us banded together. And we were like, we will change the culture at this university and in the hockey program. Um, so by just like sticking with it, you know, over and over and over those other guys came around and then one turned into two, turned into four, turned into eight, turned into 10. And now like we had the majority of the locker room because we were the young, we had that many guys in our class and we just started being like, if they're not going to try, we're like in practice, we're going to murder them. We're going to run right over them. We're going to force them to like, you know, get in uh, being all in and, and our, 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 uh, our, our class was able to do that. And that's why I we went from like 11th place in the, in the CCHA to like, I don't, I don't even know what we were the next year, but it was, no, it was like fourth (laughs) or fifth. We got ranked like 23rd by the end of the, by the end of the end of the season at Western Michigan, who was the perennially last, hadn't won a playoff series in 10 years on the road or some shit, you know? So it's like, what we're talking about guys 
is very powerful. Like what you, your leadership in the room is massively important and everything changed at Western because we just luckily had a class of guys who all started following each other's lead uh, on different days. And we all just like sent it. And then that made everybody else in the locker room come around. What about you? I think, so you asked me the question about what, was there ever a time that you would do something differently? What, what about you? Any, any lessons learned? Oh yeah. I would have went into the coach's office way more as a leader, like, especially as a guy who always wore a letter. Um, I, I guess not, maybe not way more. I would have been way more comfortable going into the coach's office to talk to them about the pulse of the team. Um, especially in junior hockey, especially in juniors. Like I just wasn't, uh, I, I didn't have a great relationship with the coach, you know, and I, I didn't, uh, uh, I was scared to go in his office. Like literally I was scared to go in his office. And like, looking back, I wish I would have been more of a grown up and as a leader gone in there and had a conversation with him, you know, man to man and, and just ironed all that stuff out. I think leaders should have that ability to go in to talk to the coaches with a little bit more of a peek behind the curtain type of thing. I think, you know, especially at the older ages, maybe midgets and above, maybe like U 16 and above. I don't know. Um, I would have done that with more confidence and like been able to like really talk to them. Um, because I did that later in my career when I was a pro on some teams in Europe and, and it helped a lot, both parties, I think. So I actually have that written down. Really, I have that written down for like great player leaders are like great intermediaries between the team and the coach. Right, it's very very important because, you know, I I said something the other day to somebody I don't even know where I was I don't know if I was on a podcast or what I was doing but talking about like you can never you guys in the room especially leaders can never subvert the coach as soon as that stuff starts happening like the locker room's dead. It's gone. It's, it's So as a leader, you can act as an intermediary, like, like big time to help the culture of the whole team, the whole program where it's going by telling coach, Hey, you know, starting to lose guys in the locker room, you know, like this is what's going on or whatever, you know, if it's like that bad, or you can, you know, be the, you know, coaches wanting this message pushed. And then you can start pushing that without telling the guys it's coming from coach. Everything just gels together better. There's so many reasons why it's really important to have leadership that's comfortable um, talking to the coach and vice versa and trust. Yeah, totally. And, and as a coach, I can tell you that it is so important that your captains and your leaders have a pulse of the room and that, you have a conversation about that and you don't need to talk about specifics as a, as a captain or a leader when you're going right. in there, <laughs> you know, like, you know, somebody does something like there's obviously a line that you draw. That's this, whatever happens in the room or whatever happens away from the rink stays there. Right. But also like a coach needs to have a pulse of the room. Like this year we leaned on our captains so much and our older players so much for a lot of different things, because in a season, there's a lot of ups and downs, man. Like there's a lot of ups and downs. And and sometimes, especially in the downs, you, you want to act a certain way or you want to do certain things with the team. And then you bring the leaders in and you realize that that course that you were going to take is the absolute worst course based on how the team was feeling and, and what was like the vibe of the room at the time. And so I, I agree with you. I, I think, a great leader is somebody that is not afraid to to go in and speak with the coach, not afraid to go in and challenge the coach um, in in the right ways, and is just a great um, intermediary, intermediary, maybe the right word, but just a great kind of like buffer between what the coach's messages are, what the team needs. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. What the team needs. You know, sometimes, sometimes a coach doesn't have his pulse on that it's hard it's very hard he's managing at the older levels you know 25 30 players you know and and but you're he's not in that room it's very hard to like take the pulse of that many guys sometimes you know they they, they lose a the pulse there and those are the well, days where it's really important for the leaders but, and the coach to get on the same page yeah and and the coaches are only with the players for what right. two hours maybe three hours a day if out of that. 24 and one of the things 
if you haven't listened to our our podcast with Jen Baker, it was like a couple years ago. She is for me is like the master of leadership. She is now the athletic director at Johns Hopkins University, but I worked with her at Cornell on some leadership stuff. Um, one of her big things is like you're not just a teammate when you're at the rink; you're a teammate twenty four hours a day. So the things that you do and the way that you treat each other and how the culture is created is not just at the rink; it's away from the rink. And when you're going to eat dinner together or you're playing Xbox together or when you're younger, you're at the hotels together and things like that, how important those times are in the formation of the culture is huge. It's so huge. And you have so much better of a pulse of what's going on than the coach can ever have. And so having those discussions, um, I think consistently throughout the year can be so beneficial to the culture of the team and so beneficial to where like ultimately everybody wants to go. It's so important. hundred percent. Yeah. You're so right. Like think about it guys. Like if, even if you're on a junior team and you go to practice, like you're there at least an hour before practice, some guys are getting there two hours before practice and you're all hanging out. A lot of teams, you know, you don't see the coach to get on the ice and they're on the ice for practice and they're off the ice and you might not see them again. So you're with the boys at the rink for before practice, during practice, after practice. Some guys are hanging out before and or after, but you're only seeing the coach for practice. You know, we talk about practice, right? You know, <laughs> right. We talk about practice, man. We talk about practice, not, not a, a game. game, not a practice. game that you die for. We talk about practice, practice. <laughs> which is one of the funniest takes ever. But also, I understand what he was saying, but uh, hilarious. Um, yeah, man. So like, yeah, it's something that that a lot of people don't think about there. So true. So true. So true. Another thing, this kind of relates to what we're talking about right now that I have written down as it relates to like um, a great player leader is a great captain or a great leader always has their teammates back. Always. Mm -hmm. Even when they're wrong, they have their teammates back. And then in private, they challenge them. But like always, always, always have your teammates back. Like uh, like when I'm coaching and like there's a, if somebody gets cheap shotted, I don't care if we go four on four. I don't care. I don't care. Go get the guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go get the guy. It's a culture thing, right? Like the the little minuscule two minute power play that you might have. Yes, power plays are very important, but the overall culture of the team is way more important. And so, way like, if somebody important. gets cheap shotted, that like that person needs to know about it. Love it. Love have it. to have each other's backks. You know, like to. we always talk about, like. I know like it's a, such a cliche saying and like it's not the right saying, but it means so much like who do you want in a bar fight standing next to you? Like who's going to be the person that will go to the ends of the earth to make sure that they have your back. Right. Like that. And that is a feeling that is so true for teams that are good. And that, that doesn't is a mean feeling. Like you got to fight people either. Like you just got to nope. be there. You, you got to show, show up. up. Yeah. You just got to show up. And I think there is something so powerful about a team where everybody knows that everybody has each other's backs. Mm -hmm. Dude, when you're on those teams, like you, it's untouchable. You're so confident. Like the, the confidence level of those teams is through the freaking roof. And going the other way, like when people don't have each other's backs and kind of everybody's individualistic and looking out for themselves those teams ain't very good. No, and you're not, you're going into a scrum and you're like, I'm in here alone. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody Bueller. Uh, Bueller? Where Bueller. are you guys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Terrible feeling. Absolutely terrible. And um, so I, I don't know, man, like, and there's different ways that you can like show people that you have their backs. Like it's like you talk about player leadership. Like let's say, that a coach is coming down on a kid in practice, like really, truly coming down on you. Right. And then somebody just goes up after practice and puts an arm around you and says, Hey man, like that was out of line or like, Hey man, like, it's all right. Like I've been there. That's having, that's having a teammate's back. Hell yes. I think you know, somebody gets broken up with from their girlfriend or something yep. like that. And they're feeling low and you, you knock on their door or you give them a call or you shoot them a text or her and, and say, Hey, like, yeah, all right. Like you want to talk, that's having, that's having a teammate's back. It's not just on. And, and like that, that translates to on the ice, the teams that do that stuff off the ice will also, when a teammate gets cheap shotted on the ice, will be there in the scrum. 
ready to go. <laughs> it like that stuff is the same. You know what I mean? A hundred percent of the time. A hundred percent of the time. I, I, I think there's no better quality of a leader than knowing without somebody saying that they need to be picked up and they, they can see it and they can, Hey man, what's going on? What, you know, what, how you doing? Like, want to go grab a coffee, want to talk, like wh- whatever it is, you know, I think that the best leaders notice because they pay attention to, to their teammates, like their teammates mean so much to them and the locker room and all that stuff that you can just tell when you're a good leader, guys not having a good day. And that's when you go over there and you don't make it a thing. You don't say it in front of everybody. You know, the best leaders would find a way to just, you know, skate up behind you in a drill and, you know, pat you on the ass or, you know, let's go, buddy, let's have a day. Or, you, you know, do they, they do something, a lot of them that you don't even know that they're like trying to like pull it out of you. Right. Like you just feel like it's, they care about you and you're there. And then all of a sudden, bam, they're back. Right. You know, for me, that little thing right there is massive it, it, that I've found in the best leaders. Yeah. And it's not contrived kind of like what we were talking about before. Like they're just genuinely care about you and correct. Being, correct. You know? And so I don't know, there, there's something, and I know I said it before, but there is something so powerful on a team of a team that everybody knows that everybody's got each other's backs. Right. Right. It's it just breeds confidence. It breeds yep. swagger. It breeds just this like, just this together. You know what I'm like. Just and everybody listening. Hopefully you can feel it too. Like because it's hopefully you can feel what Tope's face is doing right now because he's like, <laughs> he's like running and play the the feeling of leadership. No, but seriously, dude. Like this stuff gets me fired up because yeah. I've been a part of teams, a lot of teams that had this quality. And dude, like there is no better feeling. There literally is no better feeling. And you still keep in touch with those guys 20 years later. Um, and and like I we'll talk about it right now. Like my buddy Ray, when he passed away, like our teams had that quality. And the way that we like came together after Ray passed away, like we had each other's backs, you know? And like it, it's it, it's a it's a feeling of just like togetherness and it's really it's kind of hard for me to put into words which is kind of hard when you're doing a podcast (laughs) but like hopefully there are those of you out there that are listening that like have experienced that have experienced just that love and togetherness of a group and just knowing when you go into whatever it is a game a bar fight (laughs) like uh, a tough situation like just everybody's there for each other yeah yeah, it's it's a think about walking into a room of a hundred people and everyone turns around and looks at you. Or think about walking into a room with twenty-five people, you know, your boys right behind you. The difference in confidence you have walking into that room, right? Like that's basically what it is. You got you got twenty, twenty-five guys, girls, whatever it is, right behind you at all times. It's 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 massively powerful and the inertia behind teams with good leadership uh both letters not letters everybody just leading together and uh everybody going that same direction there's so much inertia behind that 100 man 100 hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, okay, uh, another thing that I think is a true quality of a leader, and I said it a little bit before, but I think leaders, they walk the walk and they're consistent with it. Like the consistency part, I think is a big part of it. Like, you know, kind of what you're going to get from that person every day. Um, and not, and I'm not even talking about just like their, how they play, but just like their energy levels and the way that they communicate and just like always kind of bringing their best to the rink. Um, I think, I just think that like leaders are consistent. You know what you're going to get from them. Would you agree? Totally. I mean, like, how many teams have leaders that aren't their top goal scorer, right? Like it's, it's guys who are consistently doing what is asked of them and more. And that's just how they live their life. And those are the guys that in the room, everybody looks up to everybody. 
obviously looks up to the guy who can bury everybody looks up to the guy who scores the most on the team, but it's, it's a different thing when, you know, when it's not the same guy, which is why, you know, Michigan state had Chris Lawrence, I believe as their captain when they won. And, and, um, you, you know, we talked about that recently. He was like barely even in the, they were like the coaches like had to find ways to keep him in the lineup because he was like, not actually as good as everybody they had, but yeah. his leadership was so strong that it made everyone better and, and willed them towards the national championship. Um, and so it, it's just massively important to have those guys that you just know, it, it, even if they're not the best player, if they're not the most skilled, you know that they're doing everything they can, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to spend it every single day, which then they're able to hold everyone else accountable to spending it every day because they are, and they're not even as good as the guys, you know, able to do the stuff with the puck. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. And if you, are wondering what Jeff is saying about Chris Lawrence, go back and listen to our podcast with Brian Renfrew. It was probably two months ago now, I want to say. Was it? So, My God, I was going to say like three weeks ago. <laughs> maybe it was. <laughs> no, dude. I, yeah. <laughs> maybe it, it could be. It could I don't be, but know. Winnipeg Jet Scout, um, Brian Renfrew, who used to coach at Michigan State, won a national championship there. And that was the story he told. And it was really, really cool. Really, really cool. I will say, though, just to kind of like counter what you're saying. Not, It's not a counter, but it's just a little added addendum to it is when your best players are your best leaders, dude, that is a recipe for success. Oh, absolute recipe. Right? For that. Like when That's you're, yeah, when your best player, like the Crosby's of the world, you know, like when your best players are your hardest workers, everybody else has to work hard. Can't get away with not when your best players are not your hardest workers. They, they're the best players set the standards. Really. They do. Your best players set the standards for good, bad, or worse, whatever it is. Your best players typically set the standards for for the team, um, unless there's a like a really special leader that, um, it, like, let's say there's like a you know a best player that's just a dog, like somebody that doesn't work hard, doesn't get along with teammates, whatever it may be. Um, unless you have like a really strong leader that can put that person in his place when need to when it when it needs to, which has happened and is a part of it, but like. When your best players are your hardest workers, it sets the standard for everybody else that they have to work that hard too. Because if Sid the kid is going to put in all this time and you're a fourth liner and you're not, you're worthless to the team. <laughs> like what, what are you bringing, <laughs> you know? And so it just, I, I think, um, and again, you look at a lot of the captains of the players that have won the Stanley Cup. You look at a guy like Crosby, you look at a guy like, um, Jonathan Taves, you know, look at a guy like Char, like these guys are like special, special talents that are unbelievable players. Right. And that's not to say that teams haven't won the Stanley cup with the Dustin Browns of the world. Right. Dustin Brown is more of a right. rugged type player, um, who, who was a captain as well, but man, like when your best players are your hardest workers and your leaders, that is, that is huge. Yeah. Absolute gold. I mean, that's, that's that that's the goal i mean because that just sets the standard all oh, if the skill guys you know going 100 every day in practice well i guess everybody else has to also you know your your third fourth line grinder who doesn't play a whole lot who has a ton of energy left in the tank like you better be going in practice if the guy playing 23 minutes and laying in front of shots and battling down low and scoring two goals around the net every night is if he's going like you better be going you bets to be going. You better Absolutely. be going. Well, <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Like, how do you have any advice for, for young players who, you know, maybe there's a shithead on their team. Maybe there's two or three shitheads on their team and they don't want to like fall in line and, and they're in a leadership position. What do you, what do you do when you have that happen? Uh, that's a great question. I, I think there are different ways. And I think depending on the, player <laughs> there are different ways that you go about it like there's not a one size all fits that to deal with those types of players and so i think you know there might be a kid who doesn't realize that they're acting like that and all you have to do is say hey man like i feel like you're being kind of selfish you know do you do you realize and understand what you're doing and then the kid will look at you and be like uh, really is that how i'm being perceived right now that's not what i want and then right so you know just having that conversation could be the thing it could be that and again this is this is old school but like i remember brooksy who you 
played for at Western Michigan, who I uh, played for in Rio, he told me a story about Brent Brecky, who is the head coach at St. Lawrence right now. And Brex is my mentor. Like he's the man, he's the best, one of the best leaders I've ever been around. And he said that when they played together in college, if there was somebody that was out of line, Brex, who's tough as nails would make sure that in every drill, he would go against that person and he would terrorize him <laughs> and play him hard and beat not beat him up in a sense of like fighting him, but just like be really physical on him and be like, Hey, like fall in line here, buddy, let's go. You know, so I think it depends on the player. I think more often than not, people, they don't realize they're being selfish. That's like, they don't realize that they're doing it. And a conversation is typically good for that. Some of them, it needs to be more. And old school, those guys would get beat up. <laughs> not that that, that that doesn't happen nowadays, um, but old school, like that that person would be fought in practice. And and get back in line here, kid or bud, like by by an older guy and, and a tougher guy. That's how those people would be in line. I, I think in today's world, the better way would be the Brex way, where you just go against them in every drill and be be tough on them. Dude, <laughs> you know I, mean, what I, mean? I love that. And that was that was something that that I did. And it was something that I you know, growing up, I wouldn't consider myself <laughs> obviously not a fighter. And not even tough like i never love her yeah i I am never had to like i played hard but i never had to like do any of that and then we got to juniors and dude i had so many fights in practice and juniors because like that's just how our that's how our thing was in omaha like that's you know somebody steps out of line they're getting fought uh uh you know times have changed but i love what tope said like you sometimes you you got to you got to show them, you got to show them the way and you got to beat them up a little bit. And nowadays, you know, it's probably not going to be dropping the gloves 99.99% of time, but it's going to be going against that guy and playing very hard against him. And that, you know, if I'm a leader, I'm, I'm probably talking some shit to him while I'm doing it. Oh, you're going to do that. You're going to do that. And then I'm, I'm going to get him in the corner, but then after practice, I'm going to give him the biggest hug. Then I'm going to be like, alone i'm gonna grab him alone give him the biggest hug and be like great battles today like that's we need more of that type of thing out of you like you're so important to this puzzle piece every piece is important we need that type of stuff out of you not this other crap you've been bringing for you for me for all of us today's over like let's have a great day tomorrow like it's as simple as that obviously you got to mean it and you got to you know say it in your own words and if you really care about the team and you care about the players and you've already shown that over and over and over that's a powerful thing to have happen. Uh, and all the players that I had to fight, I chose to fight, I guess, sometimes um, in practice, they usually wound up being my best friends on the team too, <laughs> immediately after, yeah. Yeah. you know? So uh, uh, I, I think you're totally right. That is something that good leaders, they know, they know when it's time to, to do that. And, you know, when, when other tactics will work, but Sometimes, sometimes you got to do those dirty things. (laughs) Yeah. And I think another thing too, and this is why I talk so much about relationships and how important they are for a team, because you never know what people are going through and you Mm. never know Mm -hmm. people's backgrounds of why they are the way that they are. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'll give an example. A lot of people who are listening to this podcast have probably watched Ted Lasso. And so in Ted Lasso, for those of you who don't watch it, there is a player named Jamie Tart, who in the first season is a douche, (laughs) you know, he's a complete douche. Right. And then, you know, his character through a lot of the episodes becomes more, um, you know, researched and and you find out more about Jamie Tart and you realize that he had a dad that was really freaking hard on him. And so we always had to have this tough exterior, this, this like, you know, cocky mentality, because if he didn't, then his dad would basically beat him. Right. And so like that, if you don't know that about somebody, you just think somebody's an ass. Well, why? Well, why is this person acting that way? Well, there's probably something that happened in that person's past or something that's going on with that person right now. That is the reason why that they're acting out or the reason why they're acting that way. So, you know, I don't necessarily think that it's uh, the job of every player to know the past and everything that's going on with every single one of their teammates. But if somebody is going through a tough time or acting out or isn't falling in line, 
maybe there's a reason why. Maybe all it takes is a conversation with that person to understand a little bit more about them, to understand why they're doing this, and then you can help them to be better and and be a better teammate and stuff like that, right? So, like, um, I think getting to the the heart of why people act the way that they do when they're not acting in a way that's beneficial for the team is is really important. And rather than always just coming down on those people, dig a little deeper dig a little deeper you know i love that you know you got a, a massive thing that's important that tof and i talk about all the time is you got to know your audience you know the way that that a coach or like a captain like tof would treat me would probably be way different than the way a coach or captain would treat you know the guy who's completely opposite to me if you treat us both the same you know in in my opinion and my vast coaching experience now of coaching a lot of people year after year after year after year um every single day like it's it's i don't know when you know the background like tofa saying you can make a much quicker impact uh uh to get them to you know fall in line buy in give to themselves whatever it is you know you can just lead them better if you know more of what type of interaction will get the most uh positive reaction from the person that you're talking to 100% man hundred percent. Like everything is about relationships. The The better your relationships are within a team, the better your team is going to do from a win-loss perspective. I guarantee that. And the worse they are, <laughs> the worse your team's going to do on the opposite side of that. And I think the more that you invest, um, I'm talking more about like coaches now, but obviously with leaders, this is big too. But like the more you invest in relationships with your team, the more you're going to get out of everybody. You just really are because, yeah, then you know what buttons to push. You know what buttons not to push. You know what motivates people. You know what are people's pet peeves. And it just, yeah, it's so massively important. Just building bonds, Matt. I've never seen a team that didn't love each other win a championship. Love that. Never love seen that. a team that didn't love each other win a championship. Doesn't happen. Doesn't love happen. It. And for all, like, I've traveled around the country, worked with lots of college teams. Lots of junior teams, you know, even some youth, like the one thing I ask them, I say, raise your hand if you've ever won a championship. Like when I do this with the college guys, raise your hand if you've ever won a championship. A lot of times, a lot of guys would raise their hands. College hockey, people have been pretty good, played on some good teams, whatever. And then I go, okay, now keep your hand raised if that team that won a championship was the closest team you've ever been on. And very few hands go down. Very, very few hands go down, if any. And it's just like a really powerful moment because people are like looking around at each other, like, "Oh, yeah, this 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 means something," <laughs> you know, like this means something. The closer you are, the the more you're going to get out of it. And I think the player leadership, as we were talking about before, like you guys probably have more impact than the coach because you're with each other way more than the coaches <laughs> with uh, with the the team. So yeah, man, like invest in relationships, invest in again and know each other, and it doesn't even have to be like these formal things. But like do things as a group, man, like go to a movie, play Xbox, like go to dinner. Like the more you do things together and as a group, when you're on the road, like go, you know, get snacks at the nearest gas station together. Like, you know how it goes when you're on the road. Like how crazy is it that it's like the simplest little things like so much play cards, like instead of going to walk down the street to get a, a Gatorade by yourself when you're on the road. You get everybody together, meet in the lobby at 710. We're going to walk to the gas station, get a Gatorade. Everybody has to come. Now you're walking together, you're talking, you're spending more time. These are the little things that everyone starts to learn everything about each other, you know, and then that allows you to talk to each other in ways that are more productive. And now you get more done and you're on the same page more like it's not rocket science. (laughs) It's unbelievable. It's not rocket science. It's not rock science, guys, all right? <laughs> Speaking of funny things teammates do, I remember one year for a Christmas party, somebody got somebody a pet rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Just a meathead. Just here's a pet rock for you, bud. That's awesome. Um, all right. You got anything else to add? No. We're kind man, of through I, my stuff here. Yeah, dude. I love, I just love talking about this stuff. And it's guys, coaches, players, parents, whoever's listening. Like this is all the same stuff. When you learn it in hockey, no matter if you're a house league player, 
be a double a central stage triple a junior pro it doesn't matter you will you will be better at whatever you do the rest of your life if you like start to learn leadership qualities literally i don't care what job you're in i met with uh one of my good friends um you know he's been on the podcast before early on sean muncie um who's a yeah he's a cfp certified financial planner and all these other letters that you know i don't even know he's super super smart guy played division one hockey at brown played pro hockey um he's a money manager you know and uh every summer he does these really really cool financial series talks for any of my guys that want to come from nhl players down to you know my youngest like 14 15 year olds that i have in the gym all summer and he does them for free and and it's so awesome and he's teaching them all this stuff and like we, we he gave me the, this one sheet that he's got on the, the talk for this this year and he's like 90 he's like wayne gretzky has a job after hockey the greatest player of all time has a job after hockey and he's got this sheet of all these pictures and it's like joe sackick he's got a job after he played hockey you know all these unbelievable players uh, have a job after hockey. Chris Pronger, you know, owns uh, a, a travel and wellness uh, or a travel company or something, right? Like n- they all made unreal money. You're going to have to do something after hockey. 95% of NHL players have to a hundred percent of everyone else who played hockey is going to have to have a job or do something after hockey. So like use all these lessons, soak them up, get as good as you can with all these things from your hockey career because they are going to give you a leg up in the real world whenever you go into it i literally promise you literally promises you guys that it's literal a literal promise. pinky promise I am, <laughs> I am cupping your pinky as we speak right now <laughs> i wonder if there's like somebody in their car right now that's <laughs> pulling like it up because guess what their, their pinky all three of ours on go. this call pinky butt, baby <laughs> Oh man, I, I will end it with something too, just to add to what you're saying. Um, what's what's the saying? Know thyself. Mm-hmm. Like a philosopher saying, I can't. Maybe it was Socrates. I don't know who it was. Maybe we'll look it up. But like, the more self awareness you have, the better leader you will be. Mm-hmm. And I think that journaling, taking a little bit of time to like really kind of reflect on who you are is such a powerful thing because then the more that you know yourself, the more that you can be like authentically you. And that, I don't think that's a soft thing to say. I think the best leaders in the world all have that in them. And so the more you can kind of self-reflect on, on things that are going on in your life, the more you self-reflect about your relationships, the more you self-reflect about, you know, the value that you're providing to your team and how you could be doing that. And and just kind of like what you love to do, dude, like people need to do that more. I need to do that more. Uh, It's just like every study you ever read about wellness or about reaching your potential and like being the best you can be there's some sort of self-reflection that goes with that. There's some sort of self-reflection, self-awareness thing that goes with that. And trust me, I've read a lot of articles. I've read a lot of books. I've listened to a lot of Ted talks. I, I love doing that stuff and know thyself is such a big part of it. And so I would just encourage everybody that's listening and, and I'm going to do a better job of it too. Just take some time out of your day to reflect. Journaling is one of the like best things that you can do for your own mental health. And it, you can get so much more out of yourself when you have that self-awareness moving forward. 100%. 100%. It's massive. It's absolutely massive. I had, uh, I had Joseph Wall in the gym this week, uh, first day back in the gym after the offseason. Um, for those of you who don't know, Toronto Maple Leafs goaltender who came in at the end of the year when their when their starting goalie got got hurt he tore up the AHL this year AHL MVP of the All-Star game um unbelievable kid I've talked about him on the podcast before but uh he was nice enough uh, I put all my pros on the spot all the time and college guys you know whatever group is in there if there's somebody above them in there right before I grab a guy once a week once every two weeks and say, hey, I know this is gonna be uncomfortable for you, but I need you to talk to my younger guys right now. And then I just I'm like, boys, come over here. <laughs> and and I'll be like, you don't have to do this, but the guys are already there. And I'm like, trust me, this will this will help you as much as it's gonna help them. And I'll just ask him questions. And he gave him an unbelievable like 10 minute talk. It was absolutely amazing. Um, and one of the things he said, you know, I said, like, what was different about this year for you? Why did things like really, really click, you know, at the NHL level? I think he's like 
I think he's like 12 and two in the NHL or something over his, he you know, won all- the Maple Leafs, their first series. Right. Right. I mean, he's just, he's a savage. Right. And, uh, um, he talked about the power of journaling and like, just, you know, being honest with yourself, being present, like all these things that we always talk about, but journaling was a major one of them. Um, so, you know, just don't take it from two idiots you're listening to take it from, you know, <laughs> stud goalie in, in, in the NHL too. All right, man. Well, these two idiots are done for the day. Woo! <laughs> um, awesome conversation, man. Awesome conversation. And uh, actually, before we end this off, I don't think we did this before. We got to thank the people that we need to thank. Thank those people, man. We first want to say thank you to the listeners. Don't fast forward. Don't turn us off yet. Come on. Let us do our thing here. We want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for always listening to us. We literally hope that you guys got something out of this, something that you can help with, share with your team, share with, you know, yourself, freaking share it with the world. You know, we don't hate when you guys share our podcast or leave us reviews. We definitely do not hate that. So please like, share, comment, review, send it to your organization, whatever you can do, because we're out here just trying to help people. People helping people. Thank you also. Actually, you know what? Before I thank Gel Sticks, I'm going to also thank all the listeners out there because I do it every episode and I don't want to go with an episode where I don't do that. And yeah, like Vex said, guys, like we are in this to make a positive impact on the hockey world. If you think that we are doing that, please help us by sharing us far and wide as, as far as it can go. And, you know, we do, we like, we look at the stats, like we have listeners all over the world, which is really, really cool. And uh, the reason why we do is because you guys do that and, and share us and, and, um, whether it's like Jeff said over social media, Instagram, Jeff has a blue check mark. I don't know if you knew that or not, but he does. Um, or you're just sharing it organically, email, just talking to people, whatever it may be. Oh, actually, I do have a story about that. Yes, hopefully, yes. This is actually a really cool story. So um, for those who have not listened to this episode yet, but we had John Gordon on. For those of you that do not know John Gordon, uh, John is a best-selling author, speaker. Uh, How did we get him, man? Awesome. So this is part of it. So he's a Cornell grad, and so he played uh, lacrosse at Cornell. That's right. And um, he is, yeah, obviously these, this huge celebrity now. And I just basically reached out to him via email and said, hey, I'm a Cornell grad. And he wrote this book called Hard Hat. And the book is about there was a Cornell cross player the year before I got there that got hit in the chest during a game and died on the field instantly. And he wrote a book about that kid. His name was George Boyardi and um, and the season that happened afterwards, which was my freshman year. And when George passed away, he we talk about player leadership like he was the captain of the Cornell lacrosse team and was just a special human being. He, he had an impact on the Cornell athletics community years after he passed all four years that I was there. They do a 21 run for him now. There's a 21 foundation. Um, he was number 21 and his legacy lives on, you know, 20 years later now. So. I get an email through my hockey think tank website uh, last week from George's parents, right? From George's parents that like randomly a podcast suggestion went to George's mom's phone and it was John Gordon on our podcast. And so she listened to the podcast with her husband and they emailed me that they were really moved by it. And, you know, was hearing about how George had this impact on me who'd never met him before and the rest of the Cornell community. And they asked me to go speak at a school that George used to support in October for their convocation. And like, that is the power of what this podcast can do. And it just like connects people and I don't know, man, like I was really touched and really moved when they reached out to me. It's episode 214 with John Gordon. Thank you, Steph. Uh, just like, and and I would encourage everybody to read this book, Hard Hat, because it's incredible. It's an, it's like an incredible, and, and I don't, maybe a little bit more so because <laughs> I lived it. I was there the year after he passed. So I feel it a little bit more maybe than other people would, but still like there's so many leadership lessons. And actually this is like the perfect story to be talking on this podcast because George epitomizes everything that we talked about. And I didn't even know him that just through his legacy and through like other people's, how they would, would talk about him. 
And uh, I don't know, just how cool is that? Like, that was really, really cool. And, and like, the more that people share us, the more that we get out there, the more that people get it on their phones and suggestions and things like that. So like, it is making a positive impact on people. We hope it is with you. And if you can continue to do that, we would really appreciate it. How, how crazy is that story though? That's so cool, man. That's so cool. Wow. That's dope. It's cool, man. That's really cool. So um, anyways, so uh, thank you to everybody out there. Thank you to Gel Sticks, our title sponsor. Go to G-E-L-S-T-X, gelsticks.com. They have weighted training sticks, weighted training golf clubs, and like George, weighted training lacrosse sticks as well. So a lot of different awesome stuff there. Uh, go to gelsticks.com, use the coupon code think tank one word, and you will get a discount on your weighted training sticks. We also want to thank Train Heroic. That is the amazing app where I house all of my training programs, both for individuals, teams, and organizations. And I got to say this for anybody who's who's still listening. This is really cool. Uh, I just started working with a team out in Long Island. Uh, the coach's name is Jeff Tempone. And uh, after I spoke to his team on the Zoom and they started training with me on Monday, he sent me um, he sent me a, a, a text and he's like, yeah, I just signed up too. What I'm, I'm going to plan on uh, what, every week, I'm going to pick a different player and I'm going to ask what time they're training and he's just going to show up and do the workout with them. And I was like, man, that is, and he's, he's training 18 year olds, like uh, midgets. And I was like, man, like I've never heard of a coach doing something like that. I thought it was so cool and such like, you know, this, this podcast was on leadership. And so uh, um, there was something I wanted to bring up because he wants to get in better shape. He wants to, you know, show that he's a part of the team and he's going to do it and he's leading by example. So, um, you know, any teams, organizations out there, uh, individuals, like I do, you know, I train all these different people on there, thousands of people. If you need help with it, you want, you know, to finish your summer strong, you want off season training, in season training, hit me up. I could do that. And uh, train heroic allows all of that. So that has been massive. So thank you so much to everybody at train heroic. And then I also want to thank uh, cured nutrition, uh, Joe and the guys over there. Unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable company. Uh, keep my brain working on, you know, whatever cylinders it has left and uh, use it every day. So if you're uh, in the market for a new CBD, check out cured nutrition. Uh, my discount code with them is GMBM on curednutrition.com. There we go. And thank you to IHS, icehockeysystems.com as well. They are the best website for all your coaching education need, but not just coaches education because it can make players and parents better as well. We have teamed up with them to do an associations platform where you can get this for every single coach, every single parent in your organization as well, because they have access to the hockey think tank parent survival guide, which will help you navigate this crazy, crazy, crazy youth hockey experience with your kids. And so go to icehockeysystems.com, thousands of drills, unbelievable whiteboard explanations on systems and structure and different things like that uh, make you a lot better. So icehockeysystems.com. And as always, and the show, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody. Like we talked about earlier, we so appreciate all of your support we hope you really enjoyed this episode on player leadership and we hope you have a great week peace